0: Still, be still and known. Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Philip Beatty from Hartford City Church. This is our daily podcast during our Daniel Fast, where I seek to help you with your 30 minutes of Scripture, meditation, prayer, and reflection, and also to encourage you during this time of seeking the Lord together. Our Daniel Fast is from January 8th to the 28th, and you can find information about how we are doing it on our website, www.HartfordCityChurch.com and you can click on the Daniel Fast picture there on the website. Today I am sitting here and reflecting upon Martin Luther King Jr. Day yesterday still and I'm sure like me you saw many quotes of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on social media and online yesterday as people were remembering his life and remembering the words that he spoke And even as we consider the situation in our world today and the things that we face in our communities, we know that his words still have the power to penetrate our hearts and to remind us to the truth of the light of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was a man that spoke truth. He was truly a prophet, someone who helped us see things that we could not see. He helped us see that there was division, but he always based his uh, exhortations in the word of God and his belief in what God was doing in our lives, appealing to that higher moral ground so that we might understand that the way that God intends us to live is not the way that our societies and our communities are living together right now but of course we have a long history of this and there's reasons why we've gotten ourselves into this place as a as a world where we are so divided where there is so much division and and so much uh, separation and and really so much darkness we've been talking about light and darkness and truly martin luther king jr was a light but we know that when someone starts shining the light the darkness doesn't like it and unfortunately his life was cut short The light was snuffed out too soon because the darkness gathers around the light and seeks to extinguish it, or at least to keep people in the dark and away from the true light. But we know that we have the great hope that even death is not the end of the story. Amen? Because Jesus Christ also died. Also died as a young man who was speaking the truth to power. But he rose again from the dead because we know that Jesus Christ is more than a man. He's the Son of God. And so he gives us hope that even though we may die, even though we may be killed for speaking the truth, we know that there is a resurrection, that there is life after death. We know that no matter how dark it gets, there will be a dawn and we are waiting for that dawn and we will rise again from the dead and be with jesus christ and live in his kingdom forever and ever amen i want to encourage you with that this morning that no matter how dark it gets no matter how dark it gets it is not the end of the story no matter how bad things look even in our country no matter how bad things get in our country in our world Even in the city of Hartford, no matter how bad it gets, even in our own communities, even in the homes in which we live, we know that the light is coming, the dawn is coming. Jesus Christ will have the last word and it will be the one where he says, I am making all things new and I will wipe every tear from every eye and I will reign in love and justice and peace and beauty forever." and ever, and ever. Amen. Well, that's the end. That's what we're looking for. We're looking forward to that great vision, even as it is given to us in bits and pieces in the book of Revelation. But before we get there, I want to go back to the beginning for a little bit today and talk about this work that we are doing of racial reconciliation, because I believe that in 2018, we need to continue to do the hard work of racial reconciliation. We can be empowered and motivated by the fact that it is the work of God, and so we are participating in the work of God when we participate in racial reconciliation, for we know that God wants to bring us all together. We know that this is God's desire for us, and we know that it takes hard work. And I want to thank everyone at Hartford City Church who is participating in this vision, who is doing the hard work of being together, of worshiping together. And we know it is much, much more than just singing a song and holding hands, but that we must actually engage in conversation, listen to each other, listen to each other's stories, seek to understand where someone who is different from us is coming from, and then be in relationship with that person, love each other, serve each other, welcome and embrace each other other—that That is the great vision of God that he has given us to live out uniquely and particularly in Hartford City Church, where we are located in Hartford, Connecticut. And we just believe that this is what God wants us to do. So I want to thank everyone that's participating in this and also encourage you that, yes, it will be hard. It will not be easy, but we must continue to be in conversation with each other, to listen to each other, to build relationships with each other and then work together together. Work together to let people know of the great love of God through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. But again, as I said, I want to go back to the beginning for just a minute today. As you are listening and reflecting upon the Word of God, I want to take us back to the very beginning. We know that in the beginning, we were one family. God started with one family. And from that family, many different peoples began to emerge, and we began to fill and cover the face of the earth. Uh, But at some point, as this family was growing, we rebelled from God. We went so far away from God that humanity was very wicked. In fact, wickedness like we haven't even seen, wickedness that was damaging the very earth that God had created, damaging everything. And so God felt like he needed to step in and say, This is it, I can't do this. I need to start over. And so he sent the great flood, which wiped out everything on earth except Noah and his family and the animals in the ark. Oh man, that is a tough story if you think about it, uh, that God would just kill that many people uh, with one act. And uh, that is difficult for us to understand, and we need to sit with that. We need to understand that we don't understand everything that God does, and we can't explain God to every single person, and people are going to have questions about a God that would do that kind of thing, and that's okay. I have those questions, too. What I do know is that after the flood and after he destroyed uh, the earth completely, uh, he promised that he would never do that again. So whatever he had to do that one time way back then, whatever the amount of wickedness was, even the demonic activity that was going on back then, whatever he had to do, God had to do. And he did promise that he would never do that again. And he would do, uh, you know, something new in the earth. And so we, we praise God that we're living in the new era, amen, where God is not about that kind of violence again, where the Lord is moving in new ways because of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So once again we see in Genesis chapter 11 uh, that the people are coming together and that the, they have wickedness in their heart. you know they have rebellion against God in their heart. Uh, they want to do something that would challenge God himself you know not understanding you know who they are right that we as humans are finite beings and when we try to go up against the infinite God, Things don't always go so well. So again, God is not going to use the same method to deal with the people, uh, but he uses a different method. And let's take a look at that in Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, reading through verse 9. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower they were building. And the Lord said, If as one people speak in the same language they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world, and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So we see that the beginning of our division and separation, different languages, different groups, different ethnicities, different peoples comes because the people of earth at one point in time were working together, but not to glorify God, to glorify themselves, that they were working together not to bring justice to the oppressed, but actually oppressing people by setting up this system of slave labor where they were beginning to make bricks and use people to build things for the leaders. I mean, this whole system of empire and oppression and injustice was beginning to form in the very beginning. And God came down and he looked at what they were doing and he saw into their hearts. He knew what was in their minds. And he said, we cannot allow this wickedness to happen. So the Lord gave them different languages and scattered them over the face of the earth. Now you see at that point, God's intention was not to kill them, but just to scatter them. It's to scatter them, to give them time so that they might understand who God was. But you have to understand that just because God has to do something at some point doesn't mean that that's the way God is going to be all the time. You get what I'm saying? If God is bringing discipline and punishment, that does not mean that he wants to do that constantly. He does that for a reason so that he can bring about the necessary changes in the life that is needed in us. Amen. It's like when we're being healed, if we need surgery for something to correct something, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to have surgery every day of our lives. No, we have surgery one time so that the rest of the days of our lives, hopefully by the grace of God, we can live in the health and in the restoration of what that surgery brings about to us. So we need to understand that God needed to do something in that moment to scatter the people over the face of the earth, but his long-term intention was to do that just for a minute so that after we come to a better understanding of God, um, that he would begin his work of bringing us back together. So we go just one chapter over in Genesis chapter 12, and we see that desire, that that what God wanted to do uh, being spoken to the man Abram, who later became Abraham, just one chapter later, Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse one through verse three so the lord said to abram go from your country your people and your father's household to the land i will show you so you see even right there just prior to that his people had been scattered they were told to leave and go form their own country but then after just a little bit he's telling them to leave their own people and to go to a new land because god is going to bring, begin the work of gathering see god scattered at one point but now he's going to begin the slow process of gathering and his promise to Abram is this, Genesis chapter 12, verse two, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So the Lord's intention is to take Abraham and his family and to make them into a family, a nation of people so that they might be a blessing to all peoples on earth so that the light would shine and eventually all peoples would be drawn together. And you find all throughout scripture, the Lord speaking of desiring to gather his people back together. And by his people, he means not just his chosen people, the Israelites, but all peoples on the face of the earth. You see, God has created all of us in his image and there is something that he wants to restore in each and every one of us so that we might once again become the image that God has created us. As we are talking about in this year of visible transformation, that we might become more bright and more beautiful. Amen. And so I wanted to go to the New Testament now where the apostle Paul writes about this. So after Jesus Christ and his work, he says, listen, there are some things that are changing. There are some things that are new and we need to be living into this new reality of what God has done for us. So he talks about us becoming children of God in Galatians chapter three. Beginning in verse 26 and going to verse 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's that mention of Abraham again. Do you catch it? That we are part of the promised blessing, the seed of Abraham. We are the fruits of what God promised Abraham, that all peoples on earth would be blessed through him. And you see that he's saying now in Christ that we enter into that promise because we are coming together as one. Amen. We have a new identity. Think about this. You are a child of someone. Amen. Everybody was born from someone. And that means that as a child, you have an identity that comes from your parents. You know, whether you know them or not, your parents gave birth to you and you have an identity that comes from them and you have a name that comes from them and and you have certain features about yourself that identify you. And then even as we get older, right, we begin to choose what kind of clothes we're going to wear, right? Because those clothes give off a certain impression that we want others to see and that, that, that we want them to know the identity that we we think we want to have, that we begin to choose our identity. So you see that Paul is talking about all of this when he says you are children of God through faith. So by faith in Jesus Christ, you now enter into God's family and baptism was a sign that you are in a new community a new family with a new identity he even said you have clothed yourself with Christ this is an identity that you have chosen like an outfit that I'm that I might put on to let people know that this is the kind of person that I want to be perceived as we put clothe ourselves with Christ because we want the world to know that Christ is the kind of person that we want to be like that we want our identity to be found in Christ And when our identity is in Christ, he says, all of these divisions have been broken down. There's no longer Jew or Gentile. Those were the two major ethnic, cultural, racial divisions that the Jews lived with. Jews and Gentiles, meaning everybody else. And God is saying, listen, all of those racial divides and racism, that needs to be gone in Jesus Christ. He also says there is neither slave nor free. You know, slavery has been a reality all throughout the history of the world. And, uh, you know, it takes various forms in various places. Uh, but in Jesus Christ, we understand that no matter what situation we find in, that this is not the way that God intends us to live, but rather that we are to live as free women and men as one. He also says there's neither male nor female. Then that's interesting. That doesn't mean that all distinctions between the genders are erased, but he is saying there's something more important than even your gender identity. Hmm. That's a word maybe we need to think about. There's something more important, and that importance is that we belong to Jesus Christ. But it, it's also an empowering statement, you know, especially for women, especially for for women who did not have the same rights and privileges and status as men. But he's saying, Listen, in Jesus Christ, I'm bringing equality to men and women, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It is that unity that we need to seek. And, and in particular that unity that brings different people from different cultures from different backgrounds with different languages with different ethnicities what we call different races we need to come together because that is the vision that God has for the world so again briefly I want to take you to the book of Revelation and in Revelation chapter 5 there is a vision that the Apostle John is given of what it's going to look like in heaven what we call the kingdom of God and he sees Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who was slain for our sins. And he sees him taking a scroll and opening it up and reading it and sitting on his throne and reigning. And it's this whole vision that actually I'm going to get into tomorrow. So I'm not going to get too much into it today. But just to point you to this one verse, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And John says that everyone there in the kingdom of God sang a new song saying, you, the Lamb of God, are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God members of every tribe, language, people, and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Amen. So just a a little taste of it today and then we'll get more into it uh, the next day but that God has purchased with his blood of Jesus Christ, people from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation. That's what God wants in heaven. That's what God wants in the kingdom of God. He wants the diversity that he created. And to that end, we continue to pray. We continue to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, by repenting of our ways of thinking and feeling and acting and changing. And becoming more committed to the unity that God desires. So I pray that God's spirit would give you strength today. That God's spirit would give you conviction and encouragement to reach out from beyond your own community. Start to have a conversation and build a relationship with someone from a different community. And let's work together as Christian sisters and brothers uh, to be the light and the beauty of God's unity in this world. God bless you today. Amen.